What's going on, Far Far Away family? Welcome to Star Wars in 10. So how's everyone doing on this wonderful Friday? Well, I hope it's wonderful for you because I think I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I'm not feeling well at all. That's the crazy thing about whatever it is that's wrong with me. Some days I feel fine and others like today, I feel like I got hit by a Mack truck. So I think we're just gonna let the story run today's episode. And how do we get to the story? By dropping that intro. <laughs> The prisoner is still sedated. She asked. Yes, ma'am. One of the guards replied. He was given another dose an hour ago. She nodded and made her way to the wheeled table in the corner. Atop the table were nearly three dozen hypodermic needles, color-coded by label according to their contents. Sarah had prepared each of the needles herself. The ones marked with a green sticker contained Sanflax. They needed to keep the prisoner drugged at all times to prevent him from escaping. The others, red, black, and yellow, were filled with various compounds she would need during her interrogation. From the corner of her eye, she saw Lucia making her way from the wall toward her. Once at her side, her friend spoke in a whisper soft enough that only she would be able to hear. This isn't like you. Why are you doing this? You wouldn't understand, she replied just as quietly. Hiring this assassin was one thing, Lucia continued, her voice rising only slightly with carefully held-in-check emotion. But hiring mercenaries to secretly reopen the stone prison? What if the king finds out? He won't, Sarah assured her. This has nothing to do with Garen or Doan. The dark-skinned woman refused to let it go. Holding someone for torture and interrogation? It's not right. You know that. He's a Sith, not a soldier like you were. A Dark Lord. He doesn't deserve your pity. Or mine. Lucia shook her head and turned away. But not before Sarah clearly saw the frustration and disappointment in her face. Open the door, the princess called out to the guards. I want to speak with the prisoner. Alone. At her words, the huntress sprang to her feet, causing Lucia to step forward protectively. I want to come with you, Vigtochi explained. Why? Sarah demanded, suddenly suspicious. Who else could have captured him for you? She replied, avoiding the question. Have I not earned the right? If she goes, I go too, Lucia insisted, crossing her arms. Sarah could have refused them, but deep inside, she still didn't want to face the monster from her past alone. And what harm was there now if they learned her secrets? She had concealed her true identity all these years only because her father feared retribution from this man. With him as her prisoner, she had no reason left to hide. The three of us then, she conceded, grabbing the little table and wheeling it into position to bring it inside with them. Lock the door behind us, she instructed the guards. Lucia was worried about the princess. Ever since their visit to the Jedi Temple, she had sensed something different about her. But she had never suspected she was capable of going to such extreme lengths. She hadn't known mercenaries had been hired to reopen the stone prison. If she had, she would have tried to talk Sarah out of such a foolish and dangerous plan. 
The princess must have known she would object, however, and so she hadn't told Lucia what was happening until after the prisoner was safely secured in a cell. She had known about the dungeons, of course. As part of the princess's official security detail, she needed to memorize every possible entrance and exit to the castle. Up until three days ago, however, she had only ever seen blueprints. Coming face to face with the stone prison was an entirely different experience. As soon as she stepped off the long, turbo-lift ride down from the surface, she had sensed the evil of this place. The stale air had an underlying stench of death. Too many dark and unspeakable things had happened here over the centuries. Since then, Lucia had kept a careful eye on her friend. She could see something eating away at her, and she feared the unholy gloom of the stone prison would only make things worse. The princess was obsessed with the man in the dungeon, yet at the same time, she was unable to face him. Lucia knew it had something to do with her past. But when she had tried to broach the subject, the princess had refused to discuss it. Left with no other options, she'd been forced to wait for Sarah to make the next move. Now that she was about to face the prisoner for the first time, Lucia was determined to be at her side. She might not understand what her friend was going through, and she might not agree with what she was doing, but she was still going to be there in case the princess needed her. As the three women entered the cell, Lucia was surprised at how much smaller it was than the room on the other side of the door, just three meters square. The cell was dimly lit, the only illumination coming from a single sputtering light overhead. The prisoner was restrained against the far wall. His arms were extended out to either side above, his hands shackled by chains dangling from iron rings set into the ceiling. His legs were similarly splayed, his ankles cuffed to the wall behind them. Because of the drug, he was unable to stand erect. His weight sagged forward, pulling the chain supporting him tight and putting incredible strain on his wrists and shoulders. The pain in his joints would have been excruciating were it not for the numbing effects of the Senflax coursing through his system. His head was slumped down, his paralyzed muscles making it impossible for him to look up as they entered. Sarah selected a needle with a red label from the table and injected it directly to the carotid artery running up the side of his thick neck. An instant later, his head snapped up and back in reaction to the powerful stimulant. Seeing his face, Lucia gasped in surprise. The other two glanced at her momentarily, but when she shook her head, they dismissed her reaction as unimportant and returned their attention to the man in chains. It had been more than 20 years, but Lucia had recognized him instantly. Dez had been her commanding officer, her leader, her hero. Without him, none of the Gloomwalkers would have survived the war. He had saved their lives on Kashyyyk. He saved them again on Trandosha. Time after time, he had brought them through impossible situations against overwhelming odds, right up until their final mission together on Fasira. And then Lieutenant Ulabor had ordered the enforcers, the Sith military police, to arrest him. She had never heard from Des again. Like the rest of the unit, she assumed he had been executed for disobeying orders and striking a superior officer. And even though she had believed him to be dead, she had vowed she would never forget the face of the man who had once meant everything to her. When she saw him, hanging from the shackles in the cell, she hadn't been able to contain her gasp of surprise. Fortunately, neither the princess nor the huntress had realized why she had gasped. 
and Lucia recovered enough to avoid another outburst. But though she managed to keep her emotions from showing on the surface, inside, her world had exploded. She doubted whether Dez had recognized her. He was drugged, for one thing. And she was only one face among many in the unit. He was the leader they all looked up to. He was the one they idolized. In the Gloomwalkers, she was just a low-ranking sniper, one of a dozen junior troopers in the squad. Did she really expect he'd remember her after all this time? Not that it mattered. She didn't dare say anything with Sarah and the Huntress standing right there. The princess was obsessed with the prisoner. She was gripped by some madness that had driven her to previously unthinkable acts. If she discovered that Lucia and Dez knew each other, there was no telling what she would do, or what she might order the Iktochi to do. And so Lucia was forced to just stand there, helpless to do anything to help Dez, just like the day the Enforcers had dragged him away. So the story has come full circle. Someone that knew Bane before he became the master of the Sith. This puts Lucia in a bad position. That she chose the princess she swore to protect was a man that saved her life time and time again. What will be your course of action? You'll have to tune in on Monday to find out. We hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to Star Wars in 10. Tune in next time for more Star Wars adventures. If you would like to listen to other episodes of the show, you can follow us on all major podcast directories. If you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate a five-star review. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Star Wars in 10 was created by Kenai Shed and is distributed by Swaycast Network. This show was produced by Pigfield Media, sound designed by Theodore Thompson, researched by Leslie Schneider. I am your host, Kyle, and we will see you next time in a galaxy far, far away.